Good morning. First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, please. This morning, First Corinthians chapter ten. Good to see some Coffs Harbourites here. Bit of uh, bit of moral support from south of the border. You know, south of Halfway Creek. And I don't think we need a visa to come up here to the, uh, this, is, this, is, this is North Coast here, isn't it, Grafton? North Coast. So what's, sorry? Is this far North Coast here? So what's Coffs Harbour, North Coast? Oh, no, that's Taree. We don't associate with Taree. <laughs> that's where the hicks are down there. Actually, it's the Coffs Coast. We have our own coast, the Coffs Coast. So... Uh, you know, when Robin, was, Robin grew up in um, Coffs Harbour from about, what, five or six or something, and um, they, used to, they used to do the yearly trip up to the big shopping centre in Grafton. <laughs> Back in the, was that 1970, 71, 72? Grafton was it. It was the big shopping centre in Grafton. And then her dad, Ron, Ron Powell, he opened the Walton store in uh, well, Coffs Harbour. He opened that store, didn't he? Built the store there in Coffs Harbour. Who remembers the old Walton stores? Yeah, now you're showing your right. <laughs> Darren, you don't remember the Walton stores. You're not that old. Did you put your hand up? You, do you remember Waltons? You do. He is old. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to win you. We're going to win you. Yeah, that's it. So it's got nothing to do with my message today. First Corinthians chapter 10. Just one verse this morning. But we are going to go to quite a few verses this morning. So I hope you have a Bible with you. If you don't, that's okay. Look on with your neighbour, okay? Um, and uh, I want to just give you a little outline this morning that I think will be a blessing to you. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God of God. And let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the great weekend we've had thus far. Lord, it's been such a blessing to see your work in uh, so many lives throughout the course of this year. And for that, we give you praise and thanks. Um, Lord, we uh, are just so grateful, Lord, to be here today. Thank you for the nice, cool building. Uh, thank you for your word. Bless us now as we come to look at some verses from your precious word. I pray the Word of God will come alive to us this morning. May you draw us closer to yourself. I pray, Lord, that uh, for that Holy Spirit unction and anointing for speaking this morning. I pray that you'll make it easy to preach and bless us, we pray. And bless wherever the Word of God is preached at this time in our great land. And in Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen. If you spend too much time... Uh, <clears throat> watching current events, it's easy to, uh, I think it's easy to spend too much time uh, watching current events. Um, <clears throat> I know, uh, I, I, I never watch television news, not never, from one decade to the next. Uh, maybe I did when the Rabbitohs won the premiership nine years ago, and maybe if they ever win again, I might watch the news, but I just don't do it. I'm not against you if you do, I don't. I do, I scan the internet of a morning, but I, I know if, if, if you spend too much time looking 
of what's going on in this crazy world, it can get you down. So I've got to limit how much I uh, look at. I don't know what you're like, but that's me. But when you look around the world today and you look at what's happening in Israel and all around the world with the, the hatred of Israel and you look at the transgender issues and, and the corruption and, and the occult that is just everywhere in, uh, in our society. I mean, it's always been there, but it's, it's just in full view these days. And we look at lukewarm churches and lukewarm Christians. You ever wonder, what, what, what's it all about? What, why am I here? Why, why has God left us here? Why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Why? Well, <clears throat> I want to give you this morning a little outline on the believer's reason for living. And we read what that was in verse 31 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know what God wants from me and you as a child of God today? He wants us to bring him glory. That's, that's our job in this world. That's our job in Grafton and in Coffs Harbour in Australia in 2023 as we get close to 2024. Our job is to bring glory to God. That is the, the, the what of my message this morning. Now, there's got to be a why. Why should we bring glory to God? Now, don't turn there. I'm going to read these verses to you. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. It says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The what is to glorify God. That's a given. As a child of God, if you are a born again, saved child of God, your job in life, my job in life, is to bring glory to God. That's when it all boils down. That's what it's all about. Why should we do this? Because we don't belong to us. We are bought with a price. And that price was the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. We are bought with a price. We do not belong to ourselves. We belong to Him now. We are blood-bought children of God. And because of that, the Bible says, listen, we are to therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit. In other words, on the inside and on the outside. We are to bring glory to God. What are we to do? We are to bring glory to God. Why are we to do this? Because we belong to him and he deserves to be glorified. He is God. That's the first two points of my message this morning. Now here's the third point. <laughs> you think this is going to be a short sermon. I'm not quite sure how long it's going to go. But here's the third point. This is the how. And I'll be a little bit longer on this point, okay? We've got the what, we've got the why, but a good sermon has a how. How are we to bring glory to God. I'm going to give you three different verses this morning. There's most probably more there you could add to this at your leisure. But how can we bring glory to God? Here's the first way. Psalm number 50 and verse 23. Psalm 50 and verse 23. Psalm 50 and verse 23. And this is what it says. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. How, how do we bring glory to God? The first way we do that is we praise him. We praise him. The psalmist said, whosoever, uh, if, if we offer praise to God, we glorify him. You know, I think sometimes as, um, you know, conservative Bible believing 
Baptist, Bible churches, however you want to call, call us, we, 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 we tend to put a little, I think too little importance on praising God. Uh, <clears throat> but we are to praise God. Why? Because that brings glory to God. You know, Psalm 150, the last psalm in, in the, the book of Psalms, has 13 references in the one little psalm. In six verses, it has 13 references to praising God. It says, praise God with your symbols, praise him with the harp, praise him with the psaltery, whatever that is. We are to praise, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And time and time and time and time again in the Psalms, we are told to praise the Lord. You know, I go to some churches and, and, and it's like visiting a cemetery. It is. It shouldn't be, but it's like visiting a cemetery. As though the quieter a church is, the more reverence it is, uh, or the more, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't understand that. Now I know you can go to the other extreme and and your church can become a circus. (laughs) But we are to praise God. We are to praise God. Uh, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Well, take your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is a really cool story, this one. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This concerns a fella, uh, the king of Judah, called Jehoshaphat. Now, whether he was jumping or not, I don't know, but his name was Jehoshaphat. 2 Chronicles 20, it came to pass after this, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So here's Jehoshaphat and, and the... And the uh, the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom, and, and many of the enemies. And by the way, what's go, what is going on in Israel at the moment? It's nothing new. It's a new enemy, but it's nothing new. Israel has always been attacked. And by the way, that's Israel's land. It belongs to Israel. It's been Israel's land for thousands of years. Why? Because God gave it to Israel. But here they are under attack again. <clears throat> Look at verse 3. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Isn't that refreshing? To see a a nation that comes to seek the Lord. Look here at verse number 7. They prayed and they said, Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? Look at verse 14. And upon Jehaziel, there's a certain fellow named Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, uh, the son of Jeel, the son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So here's this fellow. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. All the people are gathered with the king before the Lord. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Look at 17. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites, look what they did. They stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, with a loud voice on high. Verse 21, When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness, 
as they went out before the army and to say, listen to this, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Here's the scene here. Um, they're in trouble here. The nation of Judah is in trouble. And Jehoshaphat said, hey, there's no way in the world we can beat these nations. So we better get, get ourselves before the Lord. And they did. And this fellow said, listen, you don't have to do anything. Just stand still and praise the Lord. And that's what they did. They got the singers, they got the instrumentalists, and they just started praising the Lord and said, Sit back, just, just praise me, I'll look after the rest. And he did. Hey, that's a good way to fight. That's a good way to fight. How do, how do, how do we conquer? By praising. And sometimes, you know, we get to life, and, and, it's, and it may not be a physical battle, but you may be in a battle somewhere, a, a spiritual battle, or a physical battle, or a financial battle, and you've come to the end of yourself and say, I don't know, Lord, what to do anymore. I don't have the answers. Praise the Lord. Hey, that might work. That might work. Give praise to the Lord. Because when the victory comes, guess who gets the glory? God does. Acts chapter 16. Let's go over to the New Testament. Acts chapter 16. And I'm sure you're familiar with this passage. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were in Philippi. And you know the story. They were out preaching and, and they, uh, <clears throat> they laid hold of them and, and put many stripes, they, they got the cat of nine tails and beat them, put them into jail, verse 23, when they made many stripes, laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So here's Paul and Silas, very badly treated, bleeding all over, um, aching, and then... Um, uh, in, in the middle of the, the worst part of the jail where the rats and the, and, the, and the mice and the vermin are down in the dirt and the mud and then they put their feet in the stocks. Now if you're, if you're in pain, you've got to stretch. They couldn't even stretch their legs. They were in the stocks. Hopeless situation. So what do they do? Practice their kung fu? <laughs> Try and talk their way out of it? That's not what they did. Here we go, verse 25. And you know the story. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them and there was the great earthquake and, and you know the rest of the story. So you know, we fight by praising, we overcome by praising. So if you are, if you are um, metaphorically speaking, hurting, and maybe metaphorically speaking, your feet are in the stocks, you can't go anywhere, you don't know what to do, you can still praise the Lord. That might work. I'll tell you what I do. I tend to complain. Lord, why me? <laughs> Lord, why me? Why me? Lord, why, why are you allowing this happen? Let it happen to someone else. Instead of that, maybe just praising the Lord. That might work. Yeah. I think sometimes God allows us to get into the, the dungeon and the stocks and he allows us to be hurt because we know he has a bigger reason there's a higher reason for, for him allowing these things to happen. He says, I just want you to praise me. That's what they did. Now, don't turn there for time's sake. Don't turn to uh, Revelation chapter uh, 19, but <clears throat> um, it's in my notes here. Revelation chapter 19. We get past Revelation 17, Revelation 18, the destruction of, uh, of Babylon. 
commercial Babylon, religious Babylon. This is towards the end of the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation period. And then it says that in heaven, what did they do? They said, hallelujah. Heaven said, hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. Four times in chapter 19, it says they said, hallelujah. This is what's happening on earth. It's really bad. We're just going to praise the Lord, the God of heaven. We need to praise the Lord. We need to make praise part of our lives. We need to prepare to praise God. Now, when we come to church, it's great to come to church. I love coming to church. I, where else would you be on a Sunday? Somewhere in the world, I'm at church. Basically every Sunday of every year. <clears throat> and that's wonderful. But we need to prepare to praise God. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We need to come to church with an expectant heart. We need to come to church with a clean heart. Why? So that we can praise the Lord. You say, do you have to come to church to praise the Lord? No, you don't. You can praise the Lord in the jail. You can praise the Lord in the paddock. But we need to prepare to praise God. You remember that story in, uh, don't turn there, but in Exodus, remember when the children of Israel, they came through the Red Sea and, you know, the, they got through on the other side, the nation of Israel, and then the Pharaoh's army came after them. What happened? The, the waves came in, destroyed the army, lost the whole army of Pharaoh, of Egypt. And so <clears throat> the next chapter, what did Moses do? Moses got up and he sang his song. The Lord has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider is thrown into the sea. Moses gave this great song. But then after he did that, his sister, whose name was Miriam, Miriam got up with all the ladies of Israel and they got, guess what they did? They got out their tambourines, their timbrels. They got them out and they started pray, playing their timbrels and, saying, and they sang a song. Uh, the Lord hath cast the horse and the rider into the sea. You ever thought, where did those ladies get the timbrels from? Little musical instruments. Where'd they get them from? Did they go down, was there a, an Amazon? Or was there a, um, a <laughs> Kmart? No. They had to carry them with them all the way from Egypt. Now, if you were leaving Egypt, remember they had to leave in a hurry had to go really quickly and basically whatever they could carry or put on a donkey that's what they took the Lord said just go 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 get out leave with haste eat the Passover with haste and then get ready to go with haste now if you had to get out your house was on fire what would you take I mean I'd take my what would I take I'd try and remember I suppose my passport and uh, I'd try and remember to take my rabbitos guernseys <laughs> No, I must probably take my passport and my photos and, and um, <clears throat> that's about it. Most probably you've got to go, but I, I wouldn't think of taking a guitar with me. I wouldn't think of trying to put my electric piano on my back and, you know. But these ladies, when they went in haste, they all had their timbrels. Why? Because they knew somewhere down the track, we're going to have to praise God. And they did. You can read it in Exodus chapter 15. They took their timbrels and they got up and they praised the Lord. They prepared to praise God. <clears throat> you know, we need to practice to praise God. Um, 
if there's any, and I'm sure there are some budding piano players here. Uh, I know there's some budding guitarists. Maybe there's some budding trumpet players somewhere. I don't know. I know Bound and Coughs, we've got a heap of young kids learning the instruments and, and um, <clears throat> we need to practice. If, you, if you're going to praise the Lord, you need to practice. You know, when David was, um, uh, <clears throat> King David, when Israel was at its zenith, David had thousands of singers and uh, players of instruments, thousands of them. And all they did was praise the Lord. And I reckon if David was in charge of this, they had to be very well practiced. So we need to prepare to praise God. We need to practice to praise God. Johann Sebastian Bach said this. He said, all music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where, where this is not remembered, there is no real music, but only a devilish hubbub, whatever that is. He ended all his compositions with SDG. The initials stand for Soli de Gracia which means to God alone be the glory. You know, we need to prioritise to pray. We need to prioritise. Now, I have a, I don't know how you do your, uh, your have, you got, have you got a prayer journal or a prayer sheet? If you don't, get one. Get a little notebook and make a prayer journal. I, I, I print mine out four times a year, each of the seasons. In fact, I did it yesterday, printed mine out, and it's several pages of really tiny print with just hundreds and hundreds of names on there. But right at the top of my prayer sheet, the very top, is all the things that I praise God every day for. His goodness, His faithfulness, His kindness, His love, His long-suffering, His patience, His mercy, His grace, His provision... You say, why do you do that? Because we need to praise God. Because God loves it when we praise Him. Because when we praise Him, what do we do? We bring glory to God. So we need to prepare to praise God. We should all praise God every day. We should start the day with praise. We should end the day with praise. And whenever you think of it during the day, just praise the Lord because He likes it when we praise Him. Because He is deserving of our praise. And we must participate in praise. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Psalm 103 verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Wouldn't it be good if we, if we put as much into praise as we, did, as, we, as we do cheering for our favourite footy team or basketball team or this or that? Wouldn't that be good, eh? Wouldn't that be really if we took our praise really seriously? Now, I have this crazy theory. I can't prove it. I haven't got a verse. I don't know whether Adam could talk to the animals. We know that the snake talked to Eve. Was Adam like uh, the first Dr. Doolittle? I don't know. Most probably not, but who knows? But I've got this crazy theory. Just, and I know for sure that just about every little bird on the north coast of New South Wales, lives outside my bedroom window. Because <laughs> when, when it just starts to come, you know, just when the dawn's breaking, those crazy rainbow lorikeets and the whip birds and the storm birds and the, all the other birds, they all congregate outside my window. That I, I, think, I think they're telling me, you need to get up and have your devotions. <laughs> but I have a theory. 
crazy theory that those little birds are praising the Lord. I can't prove it because I can't speak bird language, but I reckon they might be just singing their own little praise to the Lord. Hey, the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Don't hold me to that, okay? That's just a crazy theory. But we need to praise the Lord. We need to make praise part of our lives. Why? Because whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. That's the first way we bring glory to God. What's the, the next two points will be really quick, okay? <laughs> Here's the second way we can glorify God. Number one, bringing praise glorifies God. Number two, bearing fruit glorifies God. John 15, John chapter 15 and verse 8. This is the, the chapter about the vine. I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. John chapter 15 and verse number 8. This is what Jesus said. He said, herein is my Father glorified. Okay, how is, our, how is God glorified? That ye bear much fruit. So we glorify God when we bring him praise. We glorify God when we bear fruit. You say, what, what, what do you mean bear fruit? What is the, well, to be a fruitful Christian. You say, what does it mean to be a fruitful Christian? Well, <clears throat> The Lord Jesus tells us what that is in the second part of the verse. He says, so shall ye be my, that word disciples. So shall ye be my disciples. That's very interesting there, that word disciple. If you go to, um, Matthew, don't go there, but if, if you were to go to Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Great Commission, <clears throat> go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That word teach there is the same Greek word as the word disciples here. Now, teach is a verb. Disciples, uh, that word or disciple is a noun. But it's the same word. So what's the, what's the Lord saying here? He says, God is glorified when we bear fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. What is the fruit of a Christian? Now we know what the fruit of the Spirit is. Galatians 5 tells us that. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance and so on. That's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the attributes of the Spirit of God that are not natural to us but that we can have when we are filled with the Spirit of God. That's all Galatians 5. But what is the fruit of a Christian? The fruit of a Christian is other Christians. Other Christians, being a disciple. And to be a disciple means this. And that's what he says in Matthew 28. Go through it and teach or make disciples of all nations. You teach them what I've taught you so that they can go and do the same thing as well. What is the fruit of the young family? Now, <clears throat> now I hope that my kids, um, <clears throat> they're all grown now, all in their 30s. I hope that my kids are, you know, kind and loving and, you know, faithful and, and all the things, all those good things that they get off their mother. <laughs> but you know what, really, the fruit of the young family, Robin and I coming up on 41 years of marriage, is Jesse, David, Grace and Sarah. But it's not just that. We've now got Alex, Nick, Harry, Ted, Molly... Anne, Walter, and Millie. Did I get those right? Whew. 
eight grandkids. So we've got the Lord's given us four kids and four wonderful in-laws. And then we've got eight grandkids at the moment. What a blessing. We're our most privileged people. You know, you know what the fruit of a Christian is? Other Christians. Other Christians. That's how we bring glory to God. By being disciples. And being a, a disciple means that we are winning others. We are <clears throat> obeying the Great Commission. That brings glory to God. What's the last thing this morning? My third point, how do we bring glory to God? Number one, we bring praise. Number two, we bear fruit. Number three, being light. Being light. Matthew chapter 5. Last verse we'll go to this morning. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, look at this, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Being light glorifies God. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. And as someone said, the darker the night, the brighter the light. That's our job as Christians. We are, we are the light of the world and we are to shine brighter in a dark world, an ever getting darker world. I'm not quite sure of the correct phrase there. But as the world gets darker, our light should shine more brightly. I remember the little saying, I think I've, I'm sure I've shared it with you in past years, little saying I was taught of my Childhood days on the Central Coast, you're writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the deeds that you do, by the words that you say. Men, hear what you say and see what you do. Say, what is the gospel according to you? You know, for most people out there, the only gospel they're going to see is your life. Now, I know we have to use our mouths and preach the gospel. We've got to speak the word of God. We understand that. But apart from that, we need to be light. There's a fellow called Mahatma Gandhi, leader of India in, in past generations. And this is a quote from Mahatma Gandhi. And he wasn't a Christian. He said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. He says, because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. That's really sad. As believers, we are to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. That's our job. And when we do that, what did Jesus say? Men will see your good works and they'll glorify your Father which is in heaven. How do we wrap this up? Well, just ask yourself, is my life bringing glory to God? That's, all, that's, that's what it's all about. That's the reason that God has left us here on planet Earth in Australia in 2023. Why? To bring glory to the Lord. That's it. Whether we eat, drink, whatever we do, we are to bring glory to God. How do we do that? <clears throat> by praising Him. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. By bearing fruit, by being fruitful believers, by playing our part, whatever that might be, through ministry, through day-to-day -day contact, however it is, by playing our part individually and as a church in reaching others for the Lord. 
Because when we bear fruit, we glorify God. And lastly, by being light, by being different. We are to be different. We, if, if, you, if you are seen as a fanatic or, or whatever, that's good. That's good. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be different because that way people will look at us and they'll glorify God. Ask yourself, am, is my life bringing glory to God right at this very moment? And if it's not bringing glory to God, maybe you need to say, Lord, I've come to this point in my life. I've been living a selfish life. We talked about this with the, uh, the teens the other day about um, uh, self. That's the biggest problem for, for Christians. It's my biggest problem. It's not the world. It's myself. Myself likes to take the preeminence. Myself likes to have the glory. But that's not what it's all about. Myself doesn't matter. In fact, as we read yesterday, what was that Luke 14? We've got to die to self because we want all glory to go to God. My friend, if that is you this morning and your life is not bringing glory to God, <clears throat> you need to stop and say, no, I'm going to change things. I want God to change my life right from now. If you're not a Christian this morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour this morning, now's a good time to be saved, to become part of the family of God. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the word of God. Lord, thank you uh, for your word. Lord, we, even at this very moment, we offer you our praise and our worship and our honour, Lord, because you deserve it. You alone are worthy of our praise. Lord, we want to glorify you in all that we do. Lord, if there's someone here this morning and, Father, they don't know Jesus Christ as their Saviour, dear Lord, I pray that before they leave this place, may they have the matter settled. May they know 100% for sure that they are saved, that they are part of your family, that they are born again. Bless the closing of the service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Taylor.